fencing, fighting, torture, revenge, giants, monsters, chases, escapes, true love, miracles. Doesn't sound too bad. I'll try and stay awake. Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, uh, specifically a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. And this is episode number 35. Uh, the movie that we watched this week is The Princess Bride. And joining me, I have Alex Albisu. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, also joining us is Christina. Hello, hello. Hello. And joining us this week, the man who had not ever seen The Princess Bride before, Don, a.k.a. Diddy. Howdy, folks. Uh, so, okay, first question I got to ask, how? How have you gone this long without seeing this movie? I, I don't know. I, it's funny because I knew all the tropes. I knew all the, you know, all the uh, the memes and the, and the uh, one-liners out of it, but I just had never seen the movie the whole way through. That's uh, every time I've told somebody that that's this is the movie we're doing this week. They're like, you found somebody who hasn't seen that. And uh, <laughs> they're just amazed by it. But, um, you know, it, I had the same reaction when Alex told me he hadn't seen Die Hard. I haven't let him live that down. So, uh, you know, we're not going to let you live this one down. But um, to be fair, I think I think Don still gives me a hard time to this day <laughs> that I have that I that it took me this long to see. Uh, to, to see The Godfather, which is what I, I... The first time I saw The Godfather was earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, still to this day, I feel like Don gives me a hard time about it. So when I found out that I actually have something that I can give him a hard time about, which is <laughs> The Princess Bride, like, mm, taking a full advantage oh, of that. absolutely. <laughs> and the thing about The Princess Bride is it's like the perfect movie. It has everything you want in it. You know, it's funny. It's got good uh, adventure. It's got some actually really good stunt work in it. Um, that whole... And we'll talk about it in a little bit, but the whole um, fencing scene was really, really well done. It's got a great mm-hmm. cast. Um, it's just, you know, it's a great, fun, action-packed, romantic movie. Uh, it really ticks all the boxes for whatever you'd want. Um, so cast first I want to talk about because, uh, I mean, where do you even start? Like, go down the list. Everybody in this is great, and they're all perfect for their roles. You know, you have a young Carrie Elwes who before this movie I would have had no idea who he was but you know he went on to be Robin Hood he's been he's done a lot of work since then but this is probably I got to think this is the thing he's most well known for <laughs> the only Robin Hood with an English accent oh yeah that too <laughs> is uh, he true well I that don't was I know about the newer ones but at what the about time the one with uh what was his name the guy the... from uh he's always he's actually like really am I allowed to curse on this show uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, he's kind of an a-hole, like, in real life. You're, t- uh, you're talking about Russell Crowe, right? Russell Crowe, thank yeah. you. So, no, that was a that was the joke in um, Robin Hood Men in Tights, because they were spoofing Robin Hood Prince of Thieves and Kevin Costner's lack of an accent. Ah, so, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. where I knew him from, with mm-hmm. Men in Tights. Right. That's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Carrie Elwes is... He's funny for one in this. Like he has some great mm-hmm. moments of comedic timing in it, uh, and he's great. You have Hate a young, to die. yeah, you had a young Robin Wright. Um, but I mean, 
you know, the guys that steal the show are Mandy Patinkin as Inigo Montoya, Wallace Shawn as Vizzini, and Andre the Giant as Fezzik. Like, they just, they steal every scene that they're in. And I love it. Well, now, I got to throw Billy Crystal in there. He, yes, he was, yes. He's, he he's, just sort of yeah, made he's, the whole movie. He's he got comes his up as a nice little surprise there, yeah. uh-huh. and it's so fun. Um, so Andre was actually the first choice to play Fezzig, and uh, at the time, so okay, this movie is based on a book. I don't know if uh, I know Christina, you knew that. I don't know if Alex, you knew that or not. I didn't know that. No. So it's funny because the book is, it's this weird meta. So the book is actually framed as being based on an existing book that was abridged because the the book was boring. So you know how they have the whole framing device in the movie about grandpa reading the book to the sick kid? Mm-hmm. In the book of The Princess Bride, it's the it's um the author his dad reading him the book by S Morgenstern and he's taken it and abridged it and made his own novel out of it. So oh, it's like this weird kind of meta thing going on, but um uh when uh, I can I cannot remember the um, author's name now, Walter, Walter something. But he, uh, when he initially had Fezzik in mind, he wanted Andre the Giant to play him, um, but they didn't think that they could get him. And then at one point, and this is a legitimate Arnold Schwarzenegger was was uh, looking or looked at for the role, not one of those IMDb uh, you know film sack ones. And um, Arnold wanted to do it, and then by the time they were able to make the movie, like 10 years later, Arnold was way too big of a star. They couldn't afford him, but they could get Andre again. So they get mm. Andre the Giant to do it. And, you know, by this point, his back was destroyed. He could barely walk. They had to golf cart him around the set. Um, he couldn't actually carry Robin Wright for the scene that he was supposed to carry her. They had to. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, they oh. had to rig a harness and have her, like, wired up so that it would take all the weight off of his back because by oh. his. I mean. That, that that dude was in so much pain at the end of his life. And this would have been 87, so... You know, I think by this point, he was already... He had lost, like, three or four inches of height by this time as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I had always heard that about him, that he was he got so messed up from wrestling. That, and he's such a big guy. He, I mean, they have... Oh, yeah, between... have physical problems anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had naturally... four. Yeah. He's a huge dude. Uh-huh. And he naturally pounds. naturally had, you know, trouble with his back to begin with just being that big. Because he had, um, it's gigantism, but there's another name for it. I think it's acromeglia. I want to say. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. But basically, his pituitary gland never stopped producing growth hormones. So he never stopped growing. Um, and uh, he had all sorts of surgeries on his back. Because wrestling certainly didn't do him any, any favors. But... Um, yeah, he, he got carted around the set. He would call everybody boss, uh, which I always think is funny. <laughs> He's like, okay, boss. Um, he would help Robin Wright stay warm because she would get cold, so he would just take his entire hand and place it over top of her head. And That's hilarious. And it fit <laughs> over her head, and it would keep her warm. He, uh, I guess he also did something similar with Wallace Shawn because the, the shots where they would have to look out over the cliffs of insanity, Wallace Shawn was super afraid of heights. So he would like hold him like a little baby, is the, ah, the rumors that I heard. That's so, great. He's he's just he was having so much fun making this movie too. You could tell, even with all the yeah. pain that he was in. You could tell he he uh, had a good time doing it. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned earlier, but Mandy Patinkin was Inigo Montoya, 
and this is probably his most well-known role. Uh, the other thing I can think of him in off the top of my head is if any of you ever saw Criminal Minds. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it was. Yep. Okay, thank you. I was I was sitting there the whole day on like well, the whole time we were watching that on Friday. Uh Don, I was like, what in the world have I seen him in as well? And that was that. Not that I watched that regularly, but it was just that that's exactly what it was. Yep. And uh and he you know, he obviously he gets quoted uh the famous line from this movie all the time by people still to this day, thirty years later. But um I liked that he said his favorite quote in the movie he realized years later was right at the end. And uh, it's where he talks about, you know, I've been in the revenge business my entire life. I don't know what to do now. And he thought that was just, I love the the idea that that was his, like what he took away from that character afterwards. If um, there was, if we're going to talk about actual things that were said during the movie, some of our favorite quotes, um, one of my favorite ones that kind of stuck out to me again was the the line that um yeah, I'm trying to remember it verbatim but it was like life is pain if anybody's trying to sell you or if anybody's uh tells you otherwise they're selling something yeah something like that you know what I mean yeah so profound it really is you know I was capturing it's audio true <laughs> yeah it, yeah I was capturing audio today, and I did grab that. I just I wasn't able to get it into my soundboard. But, uh, yeah, I thought the same thing, like watching it again and hearing that line again. And it's one of those that I've heard, because I've seen this movie, I can't tell you how many times. But, it, like, yeah. for whatever reason, that one stuck out a lot this time around. Yeah. Once. I can tell you how many times. Once. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, good I movie, though. at least once or twice a year. So. <laughs> I probably do, too. I feel like I do too, man. It, it blew my mind when Don said that that he had never seen this movie because I was like, this has all the tropes that that Diddy would love in a movie. It's got oh, yeah, a yeah, little bit of like love, you know. It, it's got like that, you know. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you you speak to it, but just from my my perspective, knowing having known Diddy now for a past, I don't know, we were talking about the other day, like six years or so. It was it. You got some of the yeah. the magic and the and the 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 medieval times and then some of the silly stupid humor but yeah i i love that that silly stupid quirky weird humor uh that this this movie just exudes it everywhere it's just great and everything and 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 it's always a little tongue-in-cheek when they're saying any you know when they deliver almost any of their lines it's it's pretty good oh yeah well so the director of this was rob reiner and if you're yeah. not familiar with the name, um, you might remember that he also did This Is Spinal Tap, was his other really, really yeah. well-known movie. And he did that with Christopher Guest. So he's, he was like the perfect director to have for this because he wouldn't get in the way of the actors. He would really let them uh, kind of do what they wanted to do. So, yeah, it's, I, I could sit and sing the praises of this movie all day. I just love all parts of it. Like, there isn't... I can't think of anything I don't like about it. The cast is spot on. Even small roles, like I love the guy that plays um, the king. You know, he's in the movie for like two shots, and yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, he's just he's ador- He's this adorable old man that has no clue what's going on around him. You've got uh, Chris Sarandon playing Prince Humperdinck, which is a a ridiculous name, and I love it. And B, he's just terrible in this movie. Like he is a terrible person. Um, as is Count Rugen, and that's Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I had I had audio of him, but he everything Chris uh, Christopher Guest said in this movie just drips with evil. I don't it, it, like the the accent that he was using and just the way he would deliver every line is just like over the top. I am definitely Mister Evil, and uh, I loved that. Um, you had uh, the albino was funny for the short yeah. period that he was in there, and I liked how they uh, they messed with that. I that was another one I captured, and I wish I would have gotten on the soundboard where he's he's doing the really really raspy voice and then just hacks and coughs and goes back yeah. to his normal voice. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that that they they do a lot of those little quirky, almost um, reminiscent of like British humor, uh, like the Monty Python stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of uh, this exudes um, or takes maybe some some pointers from from a comedic timing perspective uh, that that I really like about some of this stuff. I like I like British comedy like that kind of in like little spurts. Mm-hmm. And this movie and, and why I think I like it so much is because it kind of delivers it in that sort of way right like you're not you're not just constantly getting hit in the face with absurdity it's really good timing with the absurdity um and, and like delivered in a way that is um not overbearing and and kind of helps exi- like uh, almost exaggerate the points in the in the scene you're looking at like right there um just perfectly so yeah. i think that, that it's really really well done mm-hmm Yep, they they do a good job of absurdist humor, but not like, not overdoing it. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, they they went just far enough. Like, a lot of it was very tongue in cheek. Like, like even the names, even the names were were quirky, and a little tongue in cheek, but mm-hmm. not overtly. Like Buttercup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what a great name. You know, it's not that absurd, but it's absurd. Pony name. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, one thing, so the book, one big difference in the book to the movie is her. In the book, she's really dumb. Um, like, oh. painfully so. They have to, Wesley almost has to, like, literally spell things out for her. So I never thought about that until this most recent viewing when I found that out. So there's a there's a really great YouTube series called What's the Difference from Cinefix where they take a book and a movie and they compare them. And uh, they talked about that. And then I had that in my head when I was watching it this time and the whole scene where he's explaining the Dread Pirate Robert stuff and how, mm-hmm. how that succession went. And then he stops and he says, does this all make sense to you? And she kind of looks at him for a second and then gets kind of a confused look on her face and the scene ends. I almost feel like that was they were gonna try that at one point, and then they scrapped it and just made her, you know, uh, a normal, normal person, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. I mean, I don't think that would have translated nearly as well, but yeah, I thought that was interesting yeah. that she was she was that kind of dense in the book. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could have seen that working. Yeah, would have been a different movie, and I don't think I would have liked it as much. No, I I wouldn't have. I. I wouldn't change anything about this movie. I know there's now rumor that they were going to remake it, and I no, don't don't remake it. <laughs> well, this is that... one of those movies that I would consider sacred, and if they remade this, I would be quite upset. Yeah, there there's there's movies on that list that you just don't touch, and this is one of them. Like but now that somebody... I've seen it, this is one of them. Exactly. Like somebody in the chat, I think I'm just looking back through, you know, Spartacus in the chat said something like, 
I, you can't really imagine anybody else playing Fezzik except Andre the Giant. Like, I don't. Yeah. Are they going to get to play? Yeah. Fezzik today, like the Rock. No. What are you do? Like, right? Like you can't. And that's the thing. So, for the most part, for me with remakes. I look at it one of two ways. I either look at it as, hey, this is a cool idea, you know, reimagine something, get it a little more modernized, I'll, I'll check it out, or I don't really care, and so I'm just not going to watch the remake. I very rarely, like, will fall into the, the side of, I don't want a remake to happen. I, I either don't care or I'm excited about it. But this is one that I don't want to have happen because you go down the list, you can't find somebody to replace these people. You're not mm-hmm. going to find somebody to replace Andre. Even if you get, you could get somebody that's about the same size. You get Paul White from the WWE, the big show. You can get somebody like mm-hmm. that. He's not going to have the same charisma that Andre had. Right. You're not going right. to replace Wallace Shawn. He's still alive, but you know you're not going to replace him. You can't. He's just. They're so tied into what this movie is that I just wouldn't want to see that. I would agree. Yeah, I think that I would it, agree. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of, of him, uh, Walsh, I think that, I think it was, how many times did he say inconceivable? Um, was it like, he says it five times. times. Somebody. I thought that it was like all? seven. Uh, he said, well, here's, here's a quick supercut for you. Inconceivable. 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 Says that it was five it. times Five there. times. Really? Yeah. I, I thought it was more too. Um, hmm. Because it feels like he says it more than that. But, yeah. I was, t- I was telling Don as we were watching. It, I swore he said it more times than that. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I told Don, I was like, hey, because uh, we were drinking a little bit of whiskey. I was like, hey, take a drink every single time you hear the word inconceivable. Oh, man. And uh, It wouldn't that, have been that much fun. It was no. Times, <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those that, that I think stands out. Those moments of, you know, it stands out more in memory of him saying that word. And then the follow-up of, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, that's kind of what you're talking about, where like they would have a joke that would be perfectly timed in there. So right. he's done inconceivable. That's like three or four times in, he said it already. And then they just quit, hit you with that. And it, it has, it like, it hits that much harder at that point, that joke does. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's. Man, I had that too. I'm I'm bummed. I, I had all this great audio and I didn't. Well, I mean, you know, I, I get think it. Edit and post. Yeah. yeah well, and, but I mean, outside of Don, everybody's seen this movie, so everybody knows these lines and knows all this stuff. Yeah. So Don, like, I mean, matter. for you, this this was your first time viewing it. Like, what was like your biggest takeaway from it? Uh, what was my biggest thing? Actually, here's my biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway is the movie's actually better than I thought it would be. I knew it would be, I knew it was a comedy, I knew it was, but it's actually better done than I thought it would be. It's not cheesy or or anything like that. Um, it, it actually is a well-done movie, which I was a little, little surprised about. Um, you know what my biggest surprise was, though? I actually had no idea, though about this and when they're playing the music at the end and it comes up with one of my very favorite artists of all time is that Mark Knopfler did the music for this. Yep. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, and I love Dire Straits, and and I couldn't believe that he was he was the person that did the music. But as soon as you hear that, as soon as you hear it, the music start, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's definitely his style. Yeah, you know, and this is 1980s Mark Knopfler, so this is him like yeah. nearly at the height of their their fame, really. Um, but he, I, he was such a big fan of This Is Spinal Tap, and I think that's how they got him to do it. Yeah. If I remember right, there was something about um, he said he would do the music for the movie if something to do with the music from Spinal Tap had to be like some kind of a trade, or I don't remember what it was, but I just remember um, there had something to do with that, and I love the fact, because I love Mark Knopfler too. He's one of my favorite guitar players ever, and I... I had no idea he did the music on this when I was younger. I, I learned that a few years ago, and it just kind of... I was like, okay, now I can hear it, and I was so glad. Um, yeah, so, all right, I had a thought, and it went away, because um, that happens <laughs> that, to me a lot. But That's uh, the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I know what it was. You said that this movie ended up being better than you thought it would be, and that is a testament to how good this movie is. Because, obviously, it's talked up a ton. So many people talk about this movie. We were talking it up to you for the last two weeks. And for it to be as good or better than what you thought it would be with that kind of a buildup really says a lot. Yeah, there's, there's so much hype about it. And there's and there are so many lines from it that everybody knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you just sort of expect it not to be as good <laughs> as, you know, you think it's going to be. But it was it was really good movie very well done one of the rare movies that actually deserves the praise that it gets mm-hmm. yes yeah yeah that's very do true that, do, do you think that it was i mean yeah we, we sat here and like hyped it up to you um do you think that we overhyped it like did it still not meet a level of expectation in that regard just because like i was sitting here telling you that this is like the perfect movie for you and all that sort of stuff before you saw it do you think that it that was that in itself was overhyped for you no i don't think so and and even almost everybody that you talk to loves this movie and and this is one of their you know cult classic favorites have Um, you guys ever met anybody that doesn't like this movie i was just you just said that i was i can't think of anybody no, I, I can't think of anybody that I've ever met that doesn't like this movie. I want to hear that from the chat, too, if anybody in chat says that, too. Because, I, yeah, that's like a profound thing that I just thought of. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't weird. think I've ever heard anybody say they didn't like it. And everybody talks about this. Like, this is one of their favorite, you know, uh, favorite, uh, favorite comedy movies ever. Mm-hmm. So, and somebody out there has to not like it because it's only got 8.1 on IMDb. What? Well, they're wrong. Okay. Yeah. They're wrong. <laughs> they are 100% wrong. Uh, Locutus in the chat says he's never heard anybody say they didn't like it. I, I can't think of anybody. Like, I, I know people that haven't seen it or they won't quote it as their favorite movie, but I can't think of anyone that's like, Princess Bride. No, I did not like that movie at all. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, there, there's people on there that uh, over 4,000 people have it said as one star. That's well, wild. I I wonder though how many of those are people trolling too. They have to be. I it mean, is the perfect movie. It has every genre in it. Yeah, and we Comedy, haven't even talked romance. about we haven't even talked about the fact that Peter Falk is in it, and he's great. He gets to play he gets to play Grandpa. Like I, I love gonna, I, I love Peter Falk. I was going to mention that 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 him and Fred Savage played off of each other really really well, mm-hmm. and. 
I actually thought Fred Savage did a really nice job with the coming around as I'm not really interested in this story, but it's oh, he was the typical cool. '80s bratty male child. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that, thought both of them played that really well, that part really well. Yeah, and so I have percent. You know, Fred Savage was a was a really good child actor, and he's still a good actor. But he, you're right, he was believable as like I don't care about this. But he he came around to it. You can, I'll watch anything with Peter Falk in it. Uh, yep. So you know he was great. Being uh, he got to say the "as you wish" line too. Uh, I did a super mm-hmm. cut of that because that surprisingly that's another one of those that you would think is said a bunch by Wesley. It's said four times. Yeah. Um, yeah. The grandfather says it a couple of times, but I only captured one of those. But uh, just a quick super cut of those because it is the other kind of famous line. As you wish. As you wish. As you wish. As you wish. Don by Wesley. Cra- yeah. Don cracked up, by the way. Do you want to talk about your thoughts on the rolling down the hill scene? <laughs> oh, my God. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then she just throws herself down the hill after him, yeah, too. That was so yeah, great. That was the one thing that always threw me when watching this. Like, why? <laughs> you could have literally just, like like taking some cautious steps like it's still at a decent pace but you didn't have to break your shoulder in the freaking meantime yeah. uh it's, it blew my mind a little bit yeah it's yeah, silly yeah. little things like that though that just like it gives it that extra something and on i am the or uh on uh ah, excuse me uh the uh, rotten tomatoes it's got 94 percent. that's still about six percent right. lower than it should be but <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it um yeah it, you know there's just there's a bunch of fun little things the whole fire swamp uh has like a mm-hmm. great line where he's just like it's not that bad i mean i wouldn't want to build a summer home here but the trees are actually very nice <laughs> you know little little things like yeah, that nice. uh the rodents of unusual size uh which... yeah what, what, what rodent of unusual it was like the rouse or something yeah. what R- about the yeah. rouse R-O-U-S's. r-o-u-s's r-o-u-s's oh yeah yeah he, he actually yeah. spelled out that yeah, yeah yeah and uh you so know I, that's I, I that's shown up in like video games and stuff uh was it was it borderlands 2 that had that i think it's in no, i was gonna say it's in borderlands 2 yeah oh is it? i've never played borderlands 2 oh okay well we can talk about that some other time <laughs> um what you haven't played yeah, you can come on our show and do and talk about video games, and we'll talk about there movie. Um, though, and and it was I love those because you could clearly tell it was just short people in like a rat costume walk, walking yeah. around. Oh, I know. We even commented on it. We thought it was hilarious that it was you know, um, uh, 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 somebody in a costume. Yeah, I think if um. You know, one thing that, that that was a takeaway for me was just some of the production quality in the let's let's just let's just call it like stunts mm-hmm. or the, the costumes and stuff like that. So a few things come to mind. One was the rodents of unusual size, which looked like some people just wrestling in costumes. Yep. Um another one was when Andre the Giant was set aflame and it was clearly nobody in that clothes. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was clearly a mannequin. It like they didn't even try to make it look like it had a face. They just stuck a styrofoam like black mannequin 
up on a freaking wagon, <laughs> threw a cloak on him, yep. and then lit it on fire. There was no like mask or anything to to even pretend. Nope. That. And you know what? No one cares either. That's the best part. Like, no one oh, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what was the other one? Oh, oh, I remember. Alex and I even commented on when they're having the fencing scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I And, yeah. and the, uh, the swords were bending as they were. The swords and, were bending. You could see the, the mats that they would see... land on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were dying during But that. I, I like, I'd actually, having watched this movie countless times, I had never noticed some of that stuff until we sat down on Friday and watched that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what is mind blowing to me. And I don't, I don't know if that was just. There uh, are certain movies like that, that every time you watch it, you pick up something new, some yeah. little oh, thing yeah. that they did. And you don't notice it until someone points it out to you. Like uh, there's a shot in the, the uh, Batman 1989 where Batman looks up and then the belt on his bat suit drops like the prop was that cheap. And the belt, oh, really? you can you can actually see the belt like just shift and drop down like two inches. I'd never noticed it before. Some YouTube video I was watching pointed it out, and now I can't unsee it. Ever. It's ruined for you. It yeah, really is. This movie is ruined for me. I, I can't not <laughs> see the bad production quality. But I'm just it, kidding. There's nothing wrong with it. it. What I love about it is it like adds to the charm of it, where you can see like yeah. the the mat that they land on and like the dust come up from it and all that. But that right. fencing scene, I want to talk about that. That was 90% Carrie Elwes and Mandy Patinkin. They did all the stunts for that, save for um, the flips on the bar and the one flip that Inigo does, where he you know jumps and does like a barrel roll type flip over. Those were the only mm-hmm. things that the two of them didn't do. They did all the fencing themselves. They learned from uh, Bob Anderson, who is basically, if you saw a sword fight in a movie uh, from like 19, I don't know, 40-something until the mid-2000s, Bob Anderson probably choreographed it. He was uh, Errol Flynn's stunt double. He did all the sword work for Lord of of the Rings, um, all of that. It was this guy, Bob Anderson. All of the Star Wars stuff um, was him, too. And cool. uh, he he helped to choreograph that. They worked on it for several weeks ahead of time, and originally it was like a third the length. And Rob Reiner was like, yeah, "This is good, but in, we need more." So they went back and redid more, and kept kept working and made it like three times as long. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, like that, that. Admittedly, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie was that little fencing match. Um, for a variety of reasons, I think that the the combat is genuinely fun. I also really like how they were both fighting left handed, mm-hmm. and then switched to their right, and that was like a big surprise. And, and that just uh, it has some charm and and silliness to it, but also just the the genuine conversation that these two adversaries were having at the very beginning, where they were developing mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, it's at that point where you kind of realize, you know, Enigo uh, was actually a decent human being, unlike his Sicilian counterpart, who was just kind of a, 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 a you know, a sly devil sort of guy. And he was, uh, but but he had some honor to him, and mm-hmm. and he showed that right away by befriending uh, his soon-to-be combatant as he was climbing up that wall. Yeah, um, and even you know offers at you know on the honor of his dead father. 
to uh, to help him get up and catch his breath, and then they would fight. I thought that that was like that's that that kind of puts it in perspective, and then it adds a little bit more depth when you kind of see them coming back in in like the second act. I think that's really a cool um, perspective on the movie. Yeah, the same thing with Fezzik. Fezzik does the exact same thing, but kind of focusing more on Inigo in that in that fencing match. That's what stuck out to me. I really like when stories kind of add that gray area where it's not always good. It's not always evil. Sometimes these people are just people doing a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it adds a layer to, and it gives the characters more depth because, you know, Indigo and Fezzik aren't bad guys. They're playing bad right. guys, but they're not bad people. They just, right. you know, Fezzik's not a super smart guy. And Inigo is so solely focused on his revenge that he'll take whatever job he can to facilitate that. Bingo. Yeah, I I like, like a great that. guy. I hate to kill you. Yeah, yeah. That and, and 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 what was his response? He was like, "Yeah, you seem like a like a great guy. I would hate to be killed by you, yeah. or something like that. I'd He's, hate to die. Yep, I'd hate to die by your hands, or something like that. Like, uh, yeah, something like that. Like it, that is way le- way more original, I guess, than your typical. You will die, mm-hmm. like in an." you uh, i need to avenge and, and this and that they just they were going through a very human interaction it was very cool yeah uh spartacus in the chat brings up one thing when we were talking about the production values and he said it's like a stage play it's like as if a stage play was filmed and edited and that that's a good way of putting it that is a really good yeah. way of putting especially that particular scene where they're doing the the fighting um but you're right it's it's all the layers of the fighting it's the choreography it is the banter um and it just makes it that much better. And then you have the next, the very next scene is him and Fezzig. And it's different, but it's the same kind of thing where mm-hmm. Fezzig's like, oh, I see why you're giving me so much trouble. And, you know, meanwhile, he's hanging off of his back, getting slammed into rocks. Like, so you get that, you get the humor in there and all of that. I, it, it's things like that, that you, you may not notice the first time you see a movie, but if you, it gives it rewatchability and you learn more every time you do. True that. Agreed hundred yep. percent. Agreed. Plus, yeah, it when... does... oh, go ahead. It doesn't take itself too seriously, no. which is usually makes for a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, you get when he knocks out Andre, uh, you get one of my favorite lines in the movie. I do not envy you the headache you will have when you awake. But in the meantime, rest well and dream of large women. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Plus, Andre had a line in this that I think was just, uh, whether it was written in the book or not, um, and in the script, it's just something he probably said a lot on his own. It's a nice for being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise. Like, that's true. Yeah. Because, oh man, you ever want to hear some fun stories, find like a YouTube video where it's wrestlers telling Andre the Giant stories. Because, you know, sure, there's, there's some of them that are tall tales and they've been embellished over the years, but man, that dude something else and you know yeah. when he would when he would go on tour and wrestle in japan and he'd be wrestling like four or five six guys in the ring at the same time and i just love all the stories where wrestlers are like look when andre wanted to do something he did it you couldn't stop him it didn't mm-hmm. matter what you wanted to do he was going to do his thing so you know there were uh and speaking of those stories one of the things that that um I remember is a video of the rock talking about his dad, who's a pro wrestler mm-hmm. who, um, and he, I guess the rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson grew up with all that wrestling, obviously with his dad being a wrestler. And then 
Andre the Giant was like, you know, over at their house all the time, and and they would spend a lot of time in Hawaii together and um, doing all that. And and he just remembers his dad and and Andre the Giant always like like wrestling on the beach. Just <laughs> they would just be like throwing each other around and then stop and just drink and like do all this other stuff. Like two gigantic ass dudes. Yeah. Um, oh. Doing so like, I can't imagine the amount of force and like, but yeah, I mean what Andre the giant said though is also true, right? Being a dude that big, he did not need to exercise or, or really anything. It was just nope. straight up, uh, freaking uh, genetics. Just big. Move yeah. He was just, can big dude and drank a lot that's yeah. and that's something we uh we were on a a cruise ship um we were we went on this charity cruise uh for it was put on by ohio state and it was a cancer charity cruise and while we were there we were there actually on the boat with a bunch of football players and it was really cool um and my wife's uncle was we were all like sitting around a table we were drinking with like you know, like James Laurinaitis and like all these like other people that were just, you know, big human beings. Mm-hmm. And uh, Deanna's uncle looks at him and says, you know, I was an all American. Uh, I was a quarterback. You were, you got into pro football. Where did I go wrong? And the guy just like looks at him deadpan genetics. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's literally yeah. all it is. Yep. He was a gigantic yeah. dude. Oh yeah. And huge human beings. Yeah. It's wild. And and being that size and then being able to move too, because there's yeah. there's big. I've met some big people, but uh, you know, to be that large and have any amount of athleticism whatsoever is amazing. Uh, yeah. I worked with a guy in Florida who was legitimately six foot ten. Um, you know, he played college basketball at wow. uh, back in. I think he played in the eighties because he talked about playing against Patrick Ewing when he was at Georgetown. And I mean, I am not a sm- I am six, almost six foot four. I am not a short guy at all, and I felt dwarfed by this dude. And it just it amazes me that you know. Then you think about somebody like Andre, who's you know another, what probably five six inches taller than that, and another two hundred yeah. pounds heavier. Like it's just- at least he was five hundred and twenty pounds. I think is what it said. <sighs> it's amazing. Yeah. Huge. Apparently, though, just just an amazing human being, though. Just just unbelievably humble and nice and just a really good human being well you know every story i've ever heard yeah and and it doesn't surprise me because when you're that big what do you have to be a dick about like right you're gonna you're gonna get your way but why you know and i'm sure there's probably large guys like that that are you know complete but uh no i i have heard the same thing like all the stories you hear about andre were especially if he liked you because uh, I know there were wrestlers that he didn't like that he would, you know, kind of treat a little rougher in the ring. But, yeah, he was just – he was a one-of-a-kind. And he was definitely gone way too early. But, uh, you know, yeah. we got we got yeah. Princess Bride and uh, a lot of good video of him. So, You know, one other thing that I just noticed because I'm looking here at the Twitch screen as we're recording live, mm-hmm. uh, I just realized that the Princess Bride is like one of those flippy – doodle oh yeah things with the font like yeah ambigram. I, never, I don't know why I, yeah i never know i i never noticed that before uh that was the n and the b yep uh i believe that that happened when they did one of the reissues of it uh... they made it that way but yeah yep it's an ambigram and i love the fact that they did that 
Yeah, because it totally works with like the before and after the transformation of both Wesley and Buttercup. Yeah, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a really cool poster. Um, it's yeah. the cover for my Blu-ray version. Okay, so oh, may, it? Right, maybe nice. it was when they did the Blu-ray. Um, I did uh, capture a little bit more audio that uh, I think is worth. So Peter Cook has a very, very small part in this movie, and I love Peter Cook. And he was the uh, the priest. Yep. And so he. Marriage. Yep. And that was. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. So messed up, but it is so funny. Um, the other thing that I read was that uh, doing all their own stunts, the only injury that Mandy Patankin got wasn't from the fencing. From what I read, it was he uh, his ribs got hurt from trying to hold in his laughter in the scene with Billy Crystal. And if you really? watch, no. and and if you I watch the that. the scene again and kind of pay attention to him in the when he whenever he's in the background of shots, you can see him like trying to hold in his laughter. There was quite a bit of that I noticed actually this time I, watching it. To there play. are a few of those. <laughs> to blave. Because yeah. you know, you know, he was ad living like most oh, of what yeah. he said. Well, well, yeah. Apparently, Billy Crystal and um, uh, the woman who did played his wife. Oh, Val. Uh, his wife Valerie. Um. Wow. Oh, what was her name again? Why am I blanking? I can't think of it either. Apparently, they got together ahead of time and choreographed this out what they were going to do. Oh, really? And- and came up with a backstory to how they interacted <laughs> with each other. That's even and, better. And and it was all ad libbed. They just Reiner just let him go and said, "Man, how about it?" Yeah, because I that was one of the things I remember in the what's the difference Carol between the, Kane. Carol Kane. Yeah, Jesus. Carol Kane. God. Okay. Because that was one of the things in the in the what's the difference was in the book Miracle Max's favorite thing aside from uh, true love were cough drops. Like okay, that's. <laughs> That's not funny at all, but a mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, Yeah, that's funny. Um, uh, that's a good example of, like, you let the people do the thing that they're good at, and you just give them free reign of that, and and, 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 you, and you get gold. Yeah, and, well, and... Uh, one of my favorite... That's That may be my favorite line in the whole movie. The mutton, lettuce, fun, and tomato? No, have fun storming the castle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> you think they've got a chance? Yeah, it would take a miracle. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Rob Reiner, because we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but he had done This Is Spinal Tap a couple years before that, and that's basically all ad-libbed, right? That's that's Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, Harry Shearer. Like, they just got to go have fun. And so he's kind of perfect to have for an ensemble like this and just let them, let them take the, the basic structure and make it their own because you're going to get some good stuff out of it. You know, he's yeah. sort of the anti-Kevin Smith. Right, Kevin Smith wants everybody to read exactly what's on the page because he spent all the time writing the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Which works if you're Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I, then on top of that, you can tell the great story of uh, Ben Affleck, which was uh, Kevin Smith likes to tell the story where Affleck kept wanting to ad lib lines on Dogma, and he kept trying it and kept trying it, and finally Kevin Smith was like, "You know what? You want to ad lib? You want to write your own script? Go ahead and go do it." So he did. And he won an Oscar. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> um. Oh, in the beginning of it. So I didn't. 
we don't have a ton of Vizzini, but uh, I love him yelling at uh, yelling at everybody on the boat, like in the beginning, where he's just trying to assert his dominance. And just when he yells, "You are not hired for your brains, you hippopotamic landmass!" <laughs> he came up with so many weird, like little phrases, didn't he? Yeah, like he was obviously smart. <laughs> but and he didn't need to say anything that eloquent and crazy like like just let me pull this piece of word out of my vocabulary. Yep. Like he didn't have to do any of that, but he did it because he was smart and he needed to show it. Yep. Um, Nothing else. Because he was very short on charm. Yeah. Uh, because he was little and short. Plus, I get I, it. I love all the the Andre um, Fezig and his rhyming. Mm-hmm. That was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I forgot about that. He can fuss. (laughs) I think he likes to scream at us. He probably means no harm. He's very short on charm. That's Uh, right. I forgot about that line. Yeah, that was good. No more rhyming. I mean it. Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this, you know, I've heard this line, I can't tell you how many times, but I didn't. like I didn't laugh at it nearly as hard except for this last time. And it's when they're on the boat and he keeps looking back at the at the ship behind them. And he's like, I think he's gaining on us. And then... wonder if he's using the same wind we are using. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, we laughed about that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I never up? noticed that line uh, that until on Friday night, too. That was weird. Uh, we did mention this one. You see my distant fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Yeah. God, so good, man. That little, yeah. Their little quips and back and forth was so satisfying. Oh, man, all of it. And this might be might be my favorite line in the whole movie just because it's one I like to pull out and quote every so often. Um, and it's it's right as Wesley is getting uh, captured by Count Rugen, and Rugen is like, we need to get you to your ship. And Wesley, knowing full well that Rugen is just full of shit, looks up at him and just says, We are men of action. Lies do not become us. Like I love that line. That's mm-hmm. that's up there with that whole you know anybody else trying to tell you differently is selling something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh. smart, man. Good writing. Yeah. Great yeah, writing. Excellent writing. Excellent writing. Yeah, that, I like I said I could go off all night on all the things that I love about this movie. It's just it is that perfect movie where it has it has something for everybody. So you can you can sit down like I can sit down and watch this with my parents. I can watch it with my sister and my brother in law. I can watch it with friends of mine, uh, and everybody's going to get something different out of it. But everybody just seems to enjoy it because it does. It's one of the few times where it can be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. Oh, and uh, possibly the most quoted thing in the movie. I had to get this, and I have to play it. Uh, and I've even seen this on T-shirts. Is Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Does anybody else get like a little shiver when they hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you've it, heard it so often. It's during the whole fight scene at the end there when he's saying it over and over is yeah. when I get the shiver. Yes. Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's what it is, right? Because I, I constantly my mind goes right to that moment where I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna get that satisfaction, I promise, dude." You're gonna oh get yeah, it. you know. Yep. Ah, oh, man, just good movie. And it's funny because there's times where it definitely looks 
like it was shot on a soundstage versus being shot outdoors. And I don't care. Like, I can just gloss over, you know, normally I can get a little nitpicky about production values, but it adds to the charm of this, uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I was going to say, it, it sort of sort of adds to the tongue-in-cheek ambiance of the movie that you can sort of tell it was a little bit low budget at times. You know, it sort of adds to adds to the movie a bit. Oh, definitely. I wonder if it was, like, intentionally low budget, though. Or, or if they... Let, so, I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said. Like, if they had enough money, like, because they had a lot of cameo appearances and like random people that they were able to bring in and it didn't it didn't seem like the type of movie that would have a low budget by any means but well, i wonder it, if they meant to shoot it like that it in that definitely kind of... feels like they may have meant it to make it more like a stage production yeah yeah i got the exactly. feeling it was done on purpose yeah like and i'm totally cool with that too i think that's yeah, that was yeah. choices were made and and it works it just it adds to it. And Spartacus in the chat is agreeing with us. Uh, Locutus, I have a t-shirt for that. Oh, it must be the Inigo, Inigo line. Um, yep. And then he had, I have two more Inigo lines I want to play because obviously he gets his revenge, right? Like, he does everything for it. If you notice, too, the only injuries he does to um, Count Rugen are shoulder, shoulder, two on the face, and then stabs him, right? Those are the only places he got hurt, and those are the places where he got him. Which I thought was a nice little symmetry, but uh, when he's he's when he's telling him, you know, offer me money, offer me power, offer me anything, and he says you can have anything you want, and he just looks at him, and he runs his sword into him, and he just says, "I want my father back, you son of a bitch." Like that's such a good payoff for mm -hmm, for really his good. whole thing, and then a few minutes later, and he has uh, this just great realization of, you know, it's very strange. I have been in the revenge business so long. Now that it's over, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. Did you ever thought about being a pirate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's just piracy. It's great because he got this wonderful arc to his story. Like he got what he wanted and now what does he do? You know, I it's kind of piggybacking and, and going back to what you had said earlier, Alex, about just the the extra depth to that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that you think you don't really think too much about, you know, going into it at first. And actually, I'll ask Don because this was his first time doing it. Like, did you expect his character to have as big of a part in the story as I guess he did? Because it's almost as much his story as it is Buttercup and Wesley's. Um, well, I didn't know what to expect, really. I, I knew that it was a an iconic line in the movie. But I really didn't know what to expect out of the character itself. Um, I actually hadn't heard a lot about the movie and what its plot was. I mean, I knew it was a supposedly a romantic comedy, but um, other than that, I, I really didn't have any expectations for him. Mm -hmm. um, just other than you know he uttered that line, <laughs> right? Right. For the yeah. Six Finger Man, so. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I, I think about it like you really don't expect him to, you know, he has that, that fight in the beginning and you're like, oh, okay, now Wesley, our hero, took care of him. No, yep. Like he actually really comes back and, and plays a huge role. And that's probably why he's one of my favorites in this whole. Oh, yeah. And, and a lesser movie, a lesser movie would have just had him like not 
be in it the rest of it, right? He would have found right. some other way to, yeah. to go about it. So it's a it's a testament to this movie and what it accomplished. Bingo. Um, well, okay, so Alex, Christina, I know both of you like this movie. Of we've cov- We've established that. And Don, this is your first viewing. It sounds like you also liked the movie quite a bit. Um, which I'm glad. I, I say this all the time, but I love showing people a new movie and them enjoying it. Um, you know, I got to do that with Alex and Die Hard, and now I got to do that with you and Princess Bride. And that sort of the thing that I want to do with this show is I want to expose people to more movies that, that, that I can't believe they haven't seen, and I want them to enjoy it. They can't all, they can't enjoy all of them. Um, even though Christina liked it, everyone else hated Tank Girl. That's the one I always like to bring up. Um, <laughs> Although, Christina, you didn't care much for Fight Club when I showed that to you for the first time, so, you know. It just wasn't my type of movie. I didn't hate it. It just was meh there. Yeah, that's true. You didn't you didn't threaten to make me pay you the money that you spent to watch it back or whatever. <laughs> just what I got out of Tank Girl, so. Um, but I want to thank all you guys for coming on tonight. This was a ton of fun. I, I love this movie. I'll watch it again anytime. Um, it Like I say, I, I do probably watch it at least once a year, if not more than that. Usually, actually, around this time of year, um, for whatever reason, it I wouldn't call it like a Thanksgiving movie, but it's like that movie that you you're you're with family and somebody wants to watch a movie. This is one that you can put on any time, uh, and you're yeah. you're not going to find anybody's like I don't want to watch that, you know. Um, The Goonies is like that for me. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a movie Definitely. I can watch anytime. Another one, maybe like Into the Spider Verse, and then. Another one is Scott Pilgrim. Like those are those are a few movies that like I could just enjoy. all of them. I can agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine's mine's Monty Python. Search for the Holy Grail. I can watch that anytime, anywhere. Oh yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie. I mean, I, I used it for projects when I was in high school. Like I based an yeah. entire video project around the fact that uh, we based it around that and Doctor Who. During mm. we were studying the uh, Arthurian legend at the time. Locutus says oh, Jaws see? is his. Nope, 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 nope. Can't do it. <laughs> no Jaws. Oh, that's <laughs> right. No, you don't like sharks. Jaws, Jaws is a great movie. Locutus, this is my problem, and I'm gonna do claps. Like, imagine <laughs> me saying claps like in between my my words here. And the only reason I'm saying that is because. That movie is what kind of sparked my irrational fear of sharks. <laughs> because at the beginning of that movie, a little boy named Alex oh, right. gets eaten by Jaws. And how old was I when, when I saw that movie? Very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just sparked a very irrational fear of, of sharks to this day. Um, the shark was, doesn't even look real. <laughs> no, I yeah, but you know what? When you're little and you, and you have no idea what a shark looks like other than a freaking animatronic thing they yeah so, so fun fact i saw that movie at the beach in the theater it's a terrible idea i don't understand <laughs> and then went swimming that, so. then went swimming the next day i mean you're just asking <laughs> so so i it's it's a fact that sharks are only on this earth to devour our souls with their terrible soulless eyes that's it's the truth scientific fact that that is the only reason sharks are on this world. So, I, I'm just saying everybody needs to be careful and stop giving into the um, to, to to watching Jaws. As and, you know. and this is why I send Alex shark memes all the time. <laughs> so what what you're saying is, if I find somebody who hasn't seen Jaws, you don't want to be on that episode and nope. probably won't nope. listen to it. Uh, 
Nope. That's the I love that movie. It's a great movie. Nope. Oh, and, nope. And Spartacus brings up Serenity as his movie he can watch anytime. I can agree with that too. That's another one of those movies that yeah. I can just watch it anytime. When, I love it. Yeah. I can't. I have to watch the series first. My other one is uh, Remember the Titans. I don't know what it is oh, about that movie. I can watch that anytime. Hmm. It comes on. I'm flipping through the channels. It's on TV. It stays. I just leave it. Hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that. I like the movie. I you know I've seen it a couple times, but I wouldn't have pegged that as a movie that somebody would love that much. So that's interesting. Yeah, I like it. Is that the football movie? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the one with Denzel Washington and. Uh, Part uh, of it is it's local. Yeah, it's a oh, local school around here. Yeah, that could. Ah, fair enough. That could do it. Yeah, my grandmother used to uh, uh, work at the cafeteria there. Oh. Very cool. Yeah, not not like during when like when that movie was going on, but like the TC Williams High School. It was a it's a local mm-hmm. school here in the DC area, so it's pretty cool. Awesome. Um, well, once again, I want to thank everybody for coming on tonight. Uh, tons of fun, Christina. Always a pleasure to have you on. Always fun to be here. Alex, it's great having you back. Uh, you got to be on the other side of it this time, which has got to be nice for you. Yeah, you know, I got to sit here and just look at Don the whole time just with a constant (laughs) disbelief of what the hell happened to you. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) I just constantly, like, looked at him like. (laughs) And, Don, it was great having you on. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Actually, I I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Good, good. We'll have to, uh, we'll have you on again. Maybe we'll find either another movie you haven't seen or we'll get you on to talk about one that you really do like. Um, I'm always good to have everybody back. Uh, so we do, yeah, we, we record every Sunday night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, stream live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TV's Travis. So you can listen to it here um, and then uh, put the show out as a podcast on Wednesdays as well. Um, we're available on Apple Podcasts and, and things. And I do ask if you want, uh, one thing you can do to help support the show is go on and give uh, a rating because uh, that, that helps us a lot um, because I picked the worst name possible for this show. So it gets buried and it's hard to find. Uh, so the more ratings we can get, the the more that the uh, name of the show can actually stand out a little bit. Now, you guys do a show together, Don and Alex. Um, so yes. go ahead and give I a do. plug for your show. Go uh, ahead, Don. You, our, do the, you do the honors. Our show is called Joystick and Mouse. It is a video game news and review podcast. And we uh, record Monday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern time uh, live on Twitch twitch.tv slash Alex Albisu. Yeah, I do it on my um, on my Twitch there. Yeah. And it stream it streams uh simultaneously on mine also, which is Diddy Does Games. Yep. And it's a yeah, good go show. Follow Diddy on uh, on Twitch by the way, everybody, because Diddy is trying to hit affiliate nice. and he needs more followers. So go do that. Absolutely. And it's a good show. I, I love popping in and watching you guys record it and uh I'll still probably, you know, afterwards go back and, and listen to the show again because when I when I watch it live, I miss a lot because I'm too busy chatting with people. Oh, yeah, so we have a great time doing it, and, and it's it's a blast. It's a lot of fun, and it's just we meander all over the place. We say it's about video games, but <laughs> you never know what it's going to be about. Something yeah, we tend to bring nerdy. in a bit of our uh, a bit of our everyday life into it. It's a fun. It's a fun opportunity to become part of a a, a community of fellow filthy casuals. Yes. Um, when it comes to gaming, and uh, and if you're a filthy casual out there listening, uh, come on by. Come on by. Mm-hmm. Joystickandmouse.com if you want to listen to any of the episodes. It's a lot of fun. 
Absolutely. And Don and I were both uh, contestants on America's Next Top Podcaster Season 2. Have uh, have been doing that now for a little while. Um, and Alex, you're involved with uh, ANTP as well. Yep, I was on yep. Season 1 and now I'm on the production team. So it's a lot of fun. Go over to America's Next Top Podcaster.com. And uh, and listen to what these guys do over there in season two. It's it's been a blast um, watching you guys go through that. Yeah, and it definitely was interesting going from listening to the first season to being in season two and how different that is. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's a different paradigm for sure, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, excellent. Thank you guys so much for being on tonight. This has been a ton of fun. Um, and. Like we always do on this show, we like to end it by saying get out and enjoy your movies. Storm in the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. Bye.